Can we commit this time to the Lord? Lord, we do want to come before you and do ask, Lord, that you may be with us during this time. Lord, how wonderful it, is, it was for us to gather at your table to remember you. Lord, thank you that even though we are forgetful, Lord, you never forget us. And Lord, thank you for giving us uh, the, this, the, the bread and the cup to remind us how much you have loved us. But Lord, we thank you that your salvation is so complete. Lord, you did not just stop at saving us and delivering us from our sins. But Lord, you have a wonderful plan Lord, to prepare us, to make us ready. Lord, we know that you are returning soon. Lord, we pray that we may all be ready for your return. So Lord, we do ask this morning that you may give us an open heaven. Lord, that the Holy Spirit may, may speak to our hearts through your word. Lord, that we may not, no longer be the same as we hear your living word. Lord, we pray and commit this time into your very hands. Lord, we ask for the anointing for the speaking, the translating, and the listening. Do give us a teachable heart. Lord, as you knock on the door of our hearts, we may open to you. Lord, we pray this and ask this in Jesus' precious name. Can we turn to the theme verse uh, of our gatherings in recent times in Luke chapter 1 and verse 17? Luke chapter 1 and verse 17. It is he will go as a forerunner before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children and the disobedient to the attitude of the righteous, so as to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. We know that uh, this verse, if you look at it carefully, it speaks about uh, two, uh, two things. In the first part of this verse, it talks about it is he who will go as a forerunner before him in the spirit and power of Elijah. So then, in the end, it says, so as to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. So in other words, the Lord had to first prepare a special vessel. And then through this vessel, 
他借着这个器皿，he could prepare many more vessels。他可以来预备更多的器皿。Now we know that this vessel that was referred to spoke of John the Baptist。我们知道在这里的器皿是讲到施许约翰。And we know that he was the son of Zechariah and Elizabeth。我们知道他是撒加利亚和伊丽莎白的伊丽莎白沙伯的儿子。Now we know that Elizabeth was barren。but in God's mercy, God appeared to Zechariah. He was a righteous man before God. And God promised him a child. His name was John the Baptist. In verse 15, it says, For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and he will drink no wine or liquor. And he will be filled with the Holy Spirit while yet in his mother's womb. Now we know that in the Old Testament, Numbers chapter 6, it talks about a group of people that are called the Nazarites. Now these were once either a man or a woman who was willing to make a vow before the Lord to be separated. And when they had made that vow, they would promise not to drink any uh, drink. From the fruit of the vine, they would not cut their hair, and they would not come close to a dead corpse. And they made a vow before the Lord so that they could serve Him. So in the same way, just like Samson in the Old Testament, he was also a Nazarite. And um, and he served the great served the purpose of God. But here we had someone, John the Baptist. Now the word Nazar or the root of the word Nazarite. No, no, In Hebrew it means to be separated. In order to be in other words, sanctified. Separated out to serve God's purpose. So in the same way, in the New Testament, John the Baptist, he was separated out so that he could prepare people for the Lord. So God first prepared this vessel and then used this vessel so that he could prepare many more vessels. Now before the Lord's first coming, our brother mentioned last week that the, the Lord had prepared a few people that were waiting for the Lord's return. They had a very simple heart. Was that they were looking forward to the Messiah to come. So today the Lord is doing the same work. Before his second coming, he's preparing a people. They'll be ready for his second coming. Now, as we read verse 17, uh, it, the, the last phrase it said, um, so as to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Now, actually, if you read the original, so as to make ready a people prepared for the Lord, there are two words that are used here. The first word is so as to make ready. 
Is the word hetoimazo. I'm not a Greek expert, so I don't even know if I pronounced that correctly. But it means, it means to make ready. But then there's a word right next to it. And that word is katakewazo. Okay. Now, uh, if you read uh, the, 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 the original Greek, katakewazo is made up of two pieces. Two, two, two words. Skewazo means to be prepared. But the word katasquazo is derived from this word to prepare. So in a, in a way you all think, well, this verse is just saying prepared, uh, ready people. But actually it's more more than that. And the reason we know this is because katasquazo is used in a few other places. And by adding that word kata in the beginning of squazo, it actually has a meaning of building or construction. So, I'll read a few other portions that explains that. In Hebrews chapter 3, and you'll understand what I mean. Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 3, For he has counted worthy of more glory than Moses, by just so much as the builder of the house has more than the house. For every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. But we know that Moses was the one that built the tabernacle. But here in verse 4 says, For every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. So, but in verse 4, where it says, For every house is built by someone, this word built is katasquazo. Okay, and then chapter 9 and verse 2. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 2. For there was a tabernacle prepared, the outer one, in which were the lampstand and the table and the sacred bed. This is called the holy place. Verse, in verse 2 it says, For there was a tabernacle prepared. And this word prepared again is katasquazo. And verse 6, Now when these things have been so prepared, in other words, when these things have been so katasquazo, the priests are continually enter the outer tabernacle performing the divine worship. So you know this word prepare has to do with building of the tabernacle. 
And finally, chapter 11, which is used a little slightly bit differently, but you'll get the gist as well. By faith, verse 7, by faith, Noah being warned by God about things not yet seen, in reverence, prepared an ark for the salvation of his household, by which he condemned the world and became the heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. 十一章第七节，诺亚因着信，既蒙神指示他未见的事，动了敬畏的心，预备了一只方舟，使他全家得救，因此就定了那世代的罪，自己也承受那从信而来的义。This word prepared again is katasquazo.这里在这里的预备这个词也是。In other words, Noah constructed an ark.这里就讲到说，诺亚建造了这样的一个方舟。He built an ark.他造了一个方舟。So when we come back and look at Luke chapter one verse seventeen.在我们回来看到呃路路加第一章十七节。so as to make ready or to prepare a people that is built for the Lord or constructed for the Lord. So brothers and sisters, we know that Luke chapter 1 speaks about um, the preparation of the Messiah. But when the Bible talks about the preparation of the way for the Messiah to come, when the Holy Spirit inspired this verse, he was not just looking at the Messiah as a Savior of the world, but he was pointing our eyes much, much further. He was pointing us to the eternal purpose of God. Not only were, was John here just to prepare the way for the Messiah to come, true, John said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. But not only that, he came so that he could pre- prepare a people so that they could be built up as a house for God. So, brothers and sisters, the Holy Spirit was saying John was preparing a way for something much greater. That Messiah was not just coming to us, deliver us from our sins. But the Messiah was coming so that he could build the house of God. And then um, in the verses that we read earlier in Hebrews chapter 3, if you had read further, uh, it says, verse 5, Now Moses was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken later. And verse 6, But Christ was faithful as a son over his house, whose house we are, if we hold fast our confidence and the boast of our hope firm until the end. 第六节，但基督为儿子治理神的家，我们若将可夸的盼望和胆量坚持到底，便是他的家了。So you see here，所以我们在这里看到，this word katasquazo，这里也有讲到katasquazo。So Moses prepared the tabernacle，摩西就预备了建会幕。But here it says that the son was the—he was the one over his house. 
The Lord said, I will build my church. So ultimately, that is the purpose of God. So when we think about uh, the building, we think about uh, a verse in Hebrews. Because it, it, earlier we read in chapter 3, God is the builder of all things. But what was it that God was building? Uh, in Hebrews chapter 11, earlier we sang a song about looking forward to our city. It's actually speaking of a home. But what, what did it refer to? It referred to in uh, uh, Hebrews chapter 11. And then um, in verse uh, uh, um, uh, Yes. Uh, so, first of all, in chapter, verse 8, By faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive for inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. Um, and then verse 15. And indeed, if they had been thinking of that country from which they went out, they would not have had opportunity to return. But as it is, the desire of better country, that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. For he has prepared a city for them. And then verse, verse 10, we go back to verse 10. For he was looking for the city which has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. So here, Abraham was looking forward to a city. A city which has foundations. So, uh, uh, the, um, uh, for the city which has foundations, architect and builder is God. So ultimately, they were looking forward to what was God was, what was it that God was building. And it was the city that has foundations. So we'll get back to that. Um, so um, as we read in, uh, so let's go back to Luke chapter 1 verse 17. Now hold that thought of the city for now. When we look at Luke chapter 1 verse 17, we know that God prepared the special vessel. John the Baptist. He said, I am not the bridegroom. He is the bridegroom. I am only the friend of the bridegroom. And he told his disciples, he must increase and I must decrease. He said, I'm not even worthy to untie the thong of his hand. But he said, uh, but he was a vessel prepared that was separated in order to serve the purpose of God. So brothers and sisters, here is a calling to prepare the house of God. But before we are able even to help prepare the house of God, God has a calling 
God has a calling for those to be separated out. To be useful for the master use. So if we read in Second Timothy chapter two, verse twenty. Should be a familiar verse to many of us. Now in a large house there are not only gold and silver vessels, but also vessels of wood and of earthenware, and some to honor and some to dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from these things, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified, useful for the master, prepared for every good work. So if you read here, it says, if anyone cleanses himself from these things, he'll be vessel for honor. Sanctified, separated, useful to the master, prepared for every good work. So we know that we have a calling to be a vessel. And this vessel needs to be sanctified. Separated, useful for the master's use. We know that in the Old Testament, there's a book that talks about vessels. And that's the book of Ezra. If you recall, then in the book of Ezra, the people of Israel, they had been deported to Babylon. For 70 years. And then King Cyrus of Persia. So he and he and he said, For anyone that is willing to go back to Jerusalem to rebuild the house, please feel free to do so. So here the people have been have been under captivity for seventy years. Now they had the opportunity to go back and rebuild the house. Now the setting of the time was this. So even though they were deported to Babylon, actually the Jewish people became actually very successful in Babylon. Actually, that's where they learned the craft of doing business. So I know that they became the best businessmen in the world. I don't need to tell you, even today, they're still the best businessmen in the world. Even though the Chinese might want to claim that, they, they, can't, they don't come close. I don't need to tell you. Uh, if you think about Mark Zuckerberg, Facebook, uh, Sergey Brin and um, Larry Page, Lucius Boss, they're all Jewish. Google, Larry Ellison, Oracle, Michael Dell for Dell Computers, Goldman Sachs, JP Morgan. 
All the best doctors. I'm sure many of uh, Nancy and Ed's co-workers are Jewish. So I don't need to tell you. They learned to do business in, in Babylon. And they were called to come back. They were called to come back a far distance back to Israel. It was in desolation. There was no temple there. There was nothing that they could recognize as home. They were, called, they were called to come back. They were called to come back to rebuild the house of God. And then there were millions of people in in, in Babylon. Millions of Jews. But how many people came back? Only 50,000. But it's interesting. I don't know if you remember, but in Daniel chapter 5, there's a story of Belshazzar. And this was a Babylonian king. So during that time, uh, he had a big feast. Uh, And then in Daniel chapter 5, and verse 3. Oh, sorry. Daniel chapter 5, verse 3. Um, oh, sorry, verse 1. Belshazzar the king held a great feast for a thousand of his nobles, and he was drinking wine in the presence of the thousand. When Belshazzar tasted the wine, he gave orders to bring the gold and silver vessels which Nebuchadnezzar his father had taken out of the temple which was in Jerusalem, so that the king and his nobles, his wives and his concubines might drink from them. Then they brought the gold vessels that had been taken out of the temple, the house of God which was in Jerusalem, and the king and his nobles, his wives and his concubines drank from them. They drank the wine and praised the gods of gold and silver, of bronze, iron, wood and stone. 第二十四节在美金银铜铁木石所造的神。So we know that these vessels they were actually supposed to be used in the house of God. But now they were being used in the hands of uh, uh, in the hands of the world. And they were being enjoyed by the people of the world. So in the same way, brothers and sisters, the people of Israel. Now they had been deported to Babylon. Now they had were greatly used by the world. They were the best businessmen in the world. They had great contribution to the world. And just like in the hands of Belshazzar, these ones that were supposed to be priests in the house of God were no longer functioning. But they were being useful in the hands of the enemy. So that's why in the book of Ezra, when you read about the call that Cyrus had made, 
In Ezra chapter 1 and verse 3, it says this. 在, Whoever there is among you of all his people, may his God be with him. Let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, and rebuild the house of the Lord, the God of Israel. He is the God who is in Jerusalem. 第一章第三节，在你们中间凡做他子民的，可以上犹大的耶路撒冷，在耶路撒冷重建耶和华以色列神的殿。愿神与这人同在。So on the one hand, there was a call to the people of Israel.在这里对以色列民有一呼召，to return and to rebuild the house.就回来重建圣殿。But not only that.但不但如此。If you read in verse seven.若你读到第七节。It said also King Cyrus brought out the vessels of the house of the Lord. Which Nebuchadnezzar had carried away from Jerusalem and put in the house of his gods. 第七节，古列王也将耶和华殿里的器皿拿出来，这器皿是尼布贾尼撒从耶路撒冷掠来，放来自己神殿之中的神之庙中的。So now these articles now that have been used in the hand of Belshazzar. 这些器皿现在就在别沙别沙沙发之手中用。Cyrus brought it back. And was going to put them for good use in the house of God again. So, brothers and sisters, these vessels, they spoke of these people. Now, before they had been of great use in Babylon, in the hands of the world, but now there was a call. For these vessels to be separated, to come out of Babylon, to return to Israel, and to rebuild the house. So, brothers and sisters, in the same way, just like God prepared John the Baptist, he was a New Testament Nazarite. He was one who separated himself to serve the purpose of God. The call of Cyrus. Was that a people had to come back to prepare the way for the Messiah? Why was it that the temple needed to be rebuilt? It was so that the Messiah could one day go into the house of God. So, so that the Messiah had a place to go. So if you read uh, in the book of Ezra, this uh, because. The, these 50,000 were willing to come back. It so touched the heart of God that God recorded their names down. So if you read, you'll read a lot about uh, almost like a genealogy. But starting from verse 3 in chapter 2, the sons of Perish, the sons of Shephatiah, the sons of Yarah, so on and so forth. So, so the Lord recorded their names. But not only that, what's really interesting is this. If you read in um, uh, verse 21, the men of Bethlehem, 123. Now, the Holy Spirit this time did not use the sons of so and so. But the Holy Spirit used 
used the word the men of Bethlehem. Why was it significant? Because through these men of Bethlehem, the city of Bethlehem could be rebuilt. Because then Bethlehem was rebuilt. The Messiah, according to prophecy, could be born in Bethlehem. So brothers and sisters, they were just a handful. But they were willing to come back. They were willing to rebuild the city of Bethlehem. In order to prepare the way for the Messiah. So, brothers and sisters, so this is the call that the Lord has for us. That we are to be a vessel separated out. So, this vessel then we can be vessels useful for the Master's use. The question is this. Do we want to continue to be greatly used by the world? And we could be greatly used by the world. But the question is this. Are you willing to be the vessel that's separated out? In order to rebuild the house. In order to prepare the coming of the Messiah. Just like those 123 that rebuilt Bethlehem. The Lord is doing a work today. And preparing for the way for the Messiah to come back again. Will he find a ready people? Is there going to be an equivalent of Bethlehem for the Lord to come back? A place that is prepared for him. So, when we talk about the vessel, and uh, especially in the temple, it really serves two purposes. So, on the one hand, the vessel is meant to hold something. Whether it's a bowl, whether it's a uh, lamp, you know the purpose is to hold something. So what is uh, so in New Testament terms, what does it mean? If you think about the lampstand, and what what was its purpose? The purpose was so that it could bear light. But in order to bear light, the lamp had no light of its own. The light came from that oil that was within. So on the one hand, that lamp is to hold that light. Or to hold that oil. On the other hand, the vessel are instruments used in the house of God. So there were two purposes for these people that came back to Israel. On the one hand, there were a people that will bear the name of God. So even if you did not know how to describe the people of Israel, even though they were meager, we knew that they were the chosen people of God. And we know that the temple was a place where it would bear the name of God. So as they rebuilt the house of God, the name of God would be there. So they would bear the name of God. And not only that, they would bear the presence of God, the glory of God, even though it was just a, a tabernacle that they built. Remember, when the glory of God filled the house, 
It was a glorious picture. So they were there to serve as a bearer of God's presence. But of course, they were also needed to be useful in the hand of God. So they not only built, rebuilt the house, but later on, through Nehemiah, they rebuilt the city walls. So they were useful in the hand of God. So, brothers and sisters, as Paul said, these vessels that are separated out, they have two purposes. On the one hand, is to hold the light, to bear the light. On the other hand, we need to be useful in the Master's house, to be useful in service. So isn't it interesting? When it talks about the Lord's return in Matthew chapter 25, the Lord gives two parables. One parable is the parable of the ten virgins. And the other parable is the parable of the talents. So, so at the Lord's return, he's looking for two things. The first thing was this. Uh, the ten virgins, they had all fallen asleep. But the bridegroom had come back. But five of them had oil in their oil flasks. Five of them did not. So the question was this. Those that had oil, they could enter into the feast. Those who did not have oil, they were left out. So what is that oil? That oil is nothing but the life of Christ. At the Lord's return, the question is how much of his life is there? Very simply, the Lord asked one question to those foolish ones. Well, he made a statement to them. He said, I never knew you. These were all purchased by the blood of the Lamb. But the Lord said, I never knew you. So what, what, what happened? Brothers and sisters, what do we do with the time that we have here on earth? Have we spent our time in His presence? The Lord said, abide in me. Come know me. So the question is, do we know him in a very personal way? Is that his life growing in us? So that's the first thing. So it's to, to bear that life. The second, per, the second thing he's looking for is he give us each talent. Our brother spoke about last, this last week. The question is, what do you do with those talents? Have you wasted the talents that he has given you? When he comes, does he find us beating uh, each other? Or do we, the, when he finds us, he finds us that we have used the talents he has given us to serve brothers and sisters. So this is uh, the, the call that he has for us. So if we read uh, in, um, uh, uh, we know that God is building a city. So, um, if we read in in Book of Revelation, so I think this is probably going to be really clear if we read there. 
Revelation chapter 21. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth passed away, and there is no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride adorned for her husband. 第二节，我又看见一个新天新地，因为先前的天地已经过去了，海也不再有了。我又看见圣城新耶路撒冷由神那里从天而降，预备好了，就如新妇装饰整齐，等候丈。And then verse eighteen，然后十八节，it talks about the city，讲到那个圣城。The material of the wall was jasper，墙是碧玉造的，and the city was pure gold like clear glass，城是晶晶的，又如同明镜的玻璃。the foundation stones of the city wall were adorned with every kind of precious stone. The first foundation stone was jasper, the second sapphire, the third chalcedony, the fourth emerald. 城呃城墙的根基是用各样宝石修饰的。第一根基是碧玉，第二是蓝宝石，第三是绿玛瑙，第四是绿宝石。And verse 21, and the twelve gates were twelve pearls. Each one of the gates was a single pearl, and the street of the city was pure gold like transparent glass. 二十一节，十二个门是十二颗珍珠，每门是一颗珍珠。城内的街道是晶晶的，好像明透的玻璃。I saw no temple in it, for the Lord God the Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. And the city has no need of the sun or of the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God has illumined it, and its lamp is the Lamb. 我未见城内有殿，因主神全能者和羔羊未成的殿。那城内又不用日月光照。so, brothers and sisters, you here see a city. But you not only just see a city. The special feature of this city that it's all made of precious stones, of pearl, and of gold. And even the gold is transparent gold. And what does the Bible say? The city has no need of the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God has illumined it, and its lamp is the lamp. So if you look at it from a far distance, it's nothing but a lampstand. And the lights are God and His Son, the Lamb. So what you see is a huge vessel. And this huge vessel is not used but nothing to but to hold the glory of God. So brothers and sisters, this city, New Jerusalem, that God is building. Is actually a vessel that is being prepared by God. And what is this vessel? It's to hold the glory of God. So, brothers and sisters, you know that um, the most uh, precious thing here on earth today now is the diamond. Now, the diamond is very expensive. It's very costly. The reason is because it's rare, relatively rare. And it's really hard to produce. So, if you know the composition of the diamond, it's actually made of carbon. Now, carbon is actually pretty common. It's in common in many, many things. And uh, it's so common that we use it uh, to make pencils. 
And actually, as a matter of fact, the graphite in the pencil, which is dark, black, opaque, uh, but it's also very brittle. Because, uh, actually, I spoke with a chemist, uh, a brother who's a chemist, and he explained it, that graphite actually is just carbon in, in ring form, and you have layers and layers and layers. 我跟了一个做化学学化学的一个弟兄来谈，他跟我讲那个铅笔芯、那个碳，它就是一个桶一个桶在一层一层当中。So because it's just layers and layers, and they're just connected to each other this way，因为它一层一层的，它们彼此相连。It actually breaks off really easily。它很容易就折断了。That's the nature of this graphite。这个就是那个铅笔芯的。And because it breaks off，因为它非常容易折断，it leaves a trace. So that's why we have the pencil。它就会留下一些痕迹。That's why we make pencils out of graphite。所以我们就是铅笔用碳来这样做手。but if you take the same material and you put it into the heart of the earth and where it's very, very hot and you let it sit for millions and millions of years then that same material is then transformed. As a matter of fact, the diamond is called a metamorphic rock. It actually changes in its fundamental composition. And then instead of being rings, the different layers now start to connect with each other. I don't know how it actually works. I'm no chemist. So you can correct me if I'm wrong. But what actually happens? Then because of that high intensity and high intense pressure, that same graphite that was dark and brittle now becomes the diamond. And as a matter of fact, the hardest material on earth is also the diamond. So that's why it's actually used to cut glass because it's hard. But then if you take that diamond, and you cut it a certain way. By the way, the best diamond cutters on earth are also Jewish. Anyway, so if you cut it the right way, it then is actually able to capture the light. And because of the physics, the light doesn't leave it uh, doesn't leave it as easily. So as if the light is all captured within. So that's the diamond. So it's beautiful. And that's why people give diamonds to propose to the one they love. And then the guys have to spend two months worth salary to buy it. But interesting enough, if it's at night, and you can take whoever has the largest uh, uh, engagement ring in the room, uh, take Nancy, for example. She has a big ring. But if, if it's at night, if you shut, shut off the light, you will not see it at all. Right? So in itself, there's no beauty. But the, the only reason it's beautiful is because of the light during the day. So in the same way, 
If you look at New Jerusalem, look at all the material, if you look at all the precious stones, and even the gold, it says the gold is transparent gold. Now in the physics of today, there is no transparent gold. But in the new heaven and new earth, there's probably some new physics. If you take solid gold, just like you take graphite, and you apply the same process. And apply heat and pressure. You will be able to produce transparent gold. But brothers and sisters, so this is the work that the Lord is doing. He's transforming us. So remember, in the Old Testament, uh, Jacob was called, you worm Jacob in Isaiah. But in the beginning of his life, God showed him that heavenly ladder. Remember, he said, Wow, this is nothing but the gate of heaven. And he saw the angels of God descending and ascending upon that ladder. He had no idea what he saw. Because, and, and if you actually read the portion right after that, he, he gave God a bunch of criteria. So if you take care of me and you bring me safely, you know, I will, I will make you my God. But all his conditions were earthly. So Jacob was like a, a worm. He only knew the things of the world. But God wanted to show him something much greater. And then after 20 years of suffering, after four wives, 12 kids, uh, a really, really crafty uh, father-in-law, isn't it amazing? Jacob was so crafty, right? He cheated his brother. But then, but then God arranged something, someone even craftier than him, Laban, to be right next to him. And then to, 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 mold, to mold Jacob. He worked, he thought he only needed to work seven years for Rachel. And then the final day of redemption, then it shows up at, and it's Leah. So another seven years for Rachel. Another six years for the livestock. So 20 years later, God did a huge work of transformation. So in the beginning, the Bible said, uh, Jacob only passed through Bethel. Bethel means the house of God. But 20 years later, the Bible says Jacob lived in Bethel. So he saw something of, he uh, something of the heavenly realm. So now Jacob had gone through metamorphosis. And he became, a he became a butterfly. So in the same way, the diamond is called a metamorphic rock. So the Lord, is, the Lord is transforming us from the earthly to the heavenly. So if you are naturally very crafty, or if you're a very strong, somewhat strong personality, don't be surprised if the Lord brings someone that's even more uh, crafty than you around you. 
might be a boss, maybe a spouse, maybe even your son or your daughter. So, um, the, the Lord knows. So, to, to change us and conform us. So, brothers and sisters, the ultimate work right, is that the Lord is saying, uh, remember what John the Baptist said, he must increase and I must decrease. Now, I'll tell you, I don't know if you remember the story of, of, of Andrew. Actually, he was Peter's brother. Now remember, Peter went to the Lord and said, Lord, if my brother offends me, how many times should I forgive him? Seven times enough? That's already even better than three times in the Old Testament, which, right? But the Lord, the Lord says 70 times seven times. But if you think about it, who do you think suffered more? Was it Peter or Andrew? Normally people that speak a lot usually offend a lot as well. So it's more likely that Peter offended Andrew much more. But Andrew learned a lesson. He heard his teacher, John the Baptist, say, He must increase and I must decrease. So if you go back and read the portions about Andrew, there's very little about him. But the few passages about Andrew, it was always about how he brought people to the Lord. The first instance when he was, he found his brother Peter and brought him before the second time was when he found the little boy that had five loaves and two fish. And he brought him to the Lord. He said, I don't know what to do with this. But my Lord knows what to do. And then the third time was when he brought the Greeks to meet the Lord. When, when, the, Greeks said, uh, when the Greeks said, we want to see the Messiah. And the Lord said, this is the time for the Son of Man to be glorified. So the, the work that the Holy Spirit did in Andrew was to say this, he must increase and I must decrease. Isn't that the story of the vessel of the lampstand? The diamond is transformed. But I am invisible. What should be visible is the light. So that, we are, so that he must increase and I must decrease. So that is the, the, what the Lord is doing. So we know that ultimately the Lord is preparing us. Um, now, uh, now, what, what was it that the Lord did? So what does this mean practically? So the Lord uh, mentions in, in Gospel of John. John chapter 15. The Lord said something to the disciples. What is the work that the Lord is doing? What does it mean practically? to be transformed. 
主说我来是要向你们结果子。在加拉太书第五章第二十二节。And we all know this very well. It says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. We thank the Lord for the fruit of the Spirit. The life of Christ in us has all these features. Interesting enough, right before that, Paul tells us in verse 19, In ourselves, in the deeds of the flesh evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these of which I forewarn you. 这里讲到在肉体当中的情欲的事都是显然一件的就如奸淫污秽邪荡带偶像邪术仇恨争竞恼忌恨恼怒结党纷争异端嫉妒醉酒荒业等类我从前告诉你现在又告诉你们行这样
So what does that mean? It is so that that fruit can then remain. So that patience is not just a temporary thing. So somehow the Lord through His work of the cross He can transform us so that one day we can become a patient person or a person of love or a kind person or a faithful person so that everything that emanates out of that life is love and patience and faithfulness. So that fruit remains. It comes and no longer goes away. Before, the graphite was really flaky, wasn't it? But now the diamond or the transformed uh, 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 precious stone is solid and it's not just like it was before flaky and then after that fruit remains then we could be a bearer of the Lord's life so what does that mean in practicality brothers and sisters New Jerusalem always speaks about heaven right so we always say oh wouldn't it be great one day we will go to heaven actually as I was trying to find a hymn to sing all the hymns are about one uh Oh, wouldn't it be great when we go to heaven? It would be great when we go to New Jerusalem. It would be great uh, when we go beyond the Jordan. But brothers and sisters, uh, our brother mentioned something last week, and I'm not, I don't know if I'm paraphrasing it correctly. But I think he said something to the effect of this. The kingdom actually should be of now. And I will kind of change that a little bit. Heaven should be a reality today. So if you think about the New Jerusalem is the ultimate result of what is it that the Lord is doing. And people say, well, that is wonderful, it's heaven, right? The interesting thing is, when you read about New Jerusalem, it talks about New Jerusalem coming down out of heaven. So let me ask you a question. When it talks about New Jerusalem, is New Jerusalem in heaven? Or is New Jerusalem on earth? Actually, I will challenge you. You cannot even tell whether it's in heaven or it's on earth. I think purposely the Holy Spirit made it so that there is no difference. So it tells us something, brothers and sisters. When the Lord Jesus, He was the Word that became flesh. He brought heaven down to earth. We did not know what heaven was. We did not know what the love of God was. But when the Lord Jesus came to this world, we discovered what heaven was. When people came around Him, people wanted to reach out, come close to Him. Because 
there was something different about him. He was different from everyone else. Because he was heaven personified. So brothers and sisters, the purpose of God is that heaven can start today. And heaven starts today through our lives individually. So brothers and sisters, what does it mean to be a testimony? It means to bear that light, correct? So when you go to work, when your co-worker see you, if we're the right testimony, they say, wow, there's something different about that person. When everybody is cursing, there's a certain peace about that person. That person somehow does not lose his temper. There's something different about him. So, in our families, when people come to our homes, wow, there's something different about that family. So many homes today are like hell on earth. Right? 50% of the people get divorced. And so many of my friends talk about, you know, when they talk about um, their parents uh, dying, there's always like a fight over the inheritance. There's no, uh, there's no friendliness. There's no love. So many broken homes. When people come to our homes, do they see something different? Do they see the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace. So people can say, wow, this is heaven. This is heaven on earth. In the same way, today in the church, the Lord said, they may love one another so that they may know that you have sent me. When people come into our midst, there's just something different about them. They love one another. In the world, we do not find that. But in their midst, we can find that. So, brothers and sisters, so that's why New Jerusalem was coming out of heaven. Heaven can be a reality even today. But the question is this. Are we being those vessels? First of all, sanctified. First of all, separated from the world. Responding to the Lord's call. On the one hand, we bear His life. On the other hand, we are useful in the in the hands of the Master to serve in the house of God. And then, as we do this, then we can reflect the Lord Himself. We can bear His life. This is the work that the Lord is doing. So, um, all that it means to be a Nazarite it needs to be separated. In New Testament terms, it means to be consecrated. So in the book of Ezra, before the house was being rebuilt, the first thing Zerubbabel had done was this. 
所罗巴伯第一件所做的事情, they first rebuilt the altar. Because the altar speaks So brothers and sisters, 弟兄姊妹们, as we respond to the Lord's call, 当我们回应主的呼召的时候, Paul said this, 保罗讲, I urge you by the mercies of God, to present yourself, your bodies as a living sacrifice. All that means is this, we're saying, Lord, we are yours. 主, we're making the equivalent of the Nazarite vow. We're willing to be separated. We're willing to allow you to do a work in our lives. Have your way. Do your work of transformation. That you may bear fruit in our lives. And that our fruit can remain. So then ultimately, we can be a testimony of who the Lord Jesus is. So in the end, the Lord will get what He's after. But that can even be a reality today. That's what it means to be a testimony here on earth. Is that heaven can be a reality even in our midst. So, um, our time is up. Maybe we could just bow with a word of prayer. Lord, we want to commit these words back into your hands. But may your Holy Spirit continue to speak to each one of our hearts. Lord, that we may all be open to you to allow you to do the work in our lives. Lord, that we may be willing to be separated and useful in your house. That we can be vessels in your hands. Lord, to bear your life. Lord, to also be useful in the service of the house. Lord, we pray that the reality of your life may be true even today. Lord, that each of our lives may bear fruit and our fruit can remain. So that the world may see, Lord, what heaven is. That the world may see who you are. Lord, that we may be a testimony for you. We pray this and thank you in Jesus' precious name. Amen.